The reason that our country is in the mess that it is in today is not because of the Republicans, it's not because of the Democrats. Let me tell you this, it's because of lame Christians. There is a reproach that comes with being a follower of Christ. We in America have tried to reshape the whole church so that it's palatable and likable in the culture. A church that is accepted well with the culture is usually not accepted well with Christ. The church is a fortress, and a fortress is strength. A fortress is might. Not only a center of defense, but a place of strategic planning and offense. Our God does not expect us to wait for the darkness to enclose around us. He expects us to take up His banner and fight the darkness with His light. You want to know what the biggest problem with America is? The wolf is this country. Gave in. Gave in to public pressure. Gave in to political correctness. One of the greatest curses this country has ever had to deal with is political correctness. Preparing the Christian to shine the light against the darkness of this world. Welcome to Our Mighty Fortress Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Miller, and welcome to the show. We have a very thought-provoking subject to cover today. But first, please go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on the podcast platform in which you're listening to us upon we do have several social media platforms with all sorts of material that you can listen to and read. Feel free to check out our fan page on Facebook when you type in the search bar at Mighty Fortress 313. That channel is growing more and more every day. That's a pretty good thing. We're hoping to get to 5,000 followers here soon, so be sure to check it out. You can also take a look at our YouTube channel as well. That's growing a lot more slowly, but it is growing more and more every day. We're uploading new videos. Be sure to check that out and subscribe and help us get the word out. You can also take a look at our website, OurMightyFortress.com. There, that's where most everything is hosted with the media, with articles and videos, and even a link to our merch store. Of course, if you do feel so motivated to do, donate to the work that we do here, feel free to do so through our website in the established PayPal link. By following and supporting the podcast, you let me know that you care about the subjects that we discuss. Today... I want to address a subject that has been floating around the past several years, and that is the subject of the Second American Revolution. We see individual rights in this nation. They are being trampled upon with no recourse. We see basically terrorists roaming the streets and with no law and order, and it can make the, the American people feel as if there's no hope we see little help in the American system with the checks and balances to curb even the power of government. As time progresses, states are even talking about seceding or the chatter of revolution is on the lips of even serious people. With the Roe versus Wade being somewhat overturned and turned back to the states, it's going to cause a huge fit and divide within this nation here pretty soon, especially if so many commits abortion that gets tried for murder in one state compared to another. You know, is revolution the only way left to fix our decrepit system? Or is there something else? I want to explore this question, but I want to do it in a roundabout way with two great examples. We're going to explore the foundation of the American Revolution, and I want to compare it to another revolution happened at the same time, or at least right after that, which was the French Revolution. 
It just so happens that both of these were distinctly opposite in how people viewed God. And this is very, very important to realize. This will ultimately lay the context for our modern struggle of this topic in America. We'll not only see what made these different, but we can then look at our modern society and see which revolution ideology is actually in control of the nation right now. I then want to take a look at what a modern example of a American revolution would look like today. And if it would be as romantic as some make it out to be. When a person actually thinks about what would take place and the implications, their perspective might change. With that introduction, let's get right into this. I want to start with a few key points of what made the American Revolution different. Or just some things that happened that there was a subtle change of the flow of events and it would take a completely different direction. You know... We've been a nation for 244 years, and it's very easy to overlook the fact that the American Revolution could not have happened. What do I mean? The call of change had nothing to do with liberty or being their own nation at first. The main grievance was that the, comp the colonies were not represented in Parliament. The colonies were British, and taxation without representation in Parliament was illegal. When the colony's grievances were not heard, the tension escalated into the Boston Tea Party and the like. Now, this is very interesting because even we as Christians, we have to be careful of saying, well, the American Revolution was godly and this. Well, <laughs> you're going to have a hard time justifying the Boston Tea Party event in the eyes of God. So we got to be very careful at what we say. Now, this event only caused the British to ramp up what they did to the colonists. Now think about it. What if the colonies were granted that representation? It may very well have been that America would have remained in the British Empire and history sure would have looked a whole lot different. Now you could say, well, that's God, you know, stepping in. Well, hold on. It is important to note that Protestantism had a major foothold in the British Empire. And with that came the ideas of liberty and freedom, which was very good to the foundation of the nation. It also provided the moral framework by which people conducted themselves, especially in war. This is very important to note. The strong Christian moral foundation really reigned in and controlled what took place in war. The Enlightenment would further the ideas of human freedom as well, but of course it will go the wrong direction in doing it without God, but more on that later. You could say that maybe it was God's providence that so much was on the side of the Americans during the revolution that really gave them a major advantage. First, the British were already at odds with both France and Spain at the time. They wanted British resources to be spread thin to, uh, to the colonies and they were waiting to strike back hard at the British. The British king and government knew this but would not make the necessary concessions to bring the Americans back under British rule. Secondly, with the newly acquired uh, land to grow food and tobacco and other resources to generate great revenue, uh, the American colonies had a lot of wealth and a lot of kind of the dominoes on their side of the field in a way. The revolution, though, was driven by wealthy men 
in their own right and their money and resources funded the campaigns. It's important to understand that this was not a poor man's revolution. The communist idea, the poor man's revolution. This was not a classist revolution either. What brought the poor, middle class, and rich together was the idea of liberty as that would develop in this whole scheme. They all fought under the same banner. And with these things working in the favor of the Americans, you would begin to think that God was on their side. And maybe is maybe he was for a greater purpose for Christianity and the missionaries and those types of things. But we have to keep things in the right context. When war broke out between the Americans and the British, the French were courted by some of the founding fathers to basically enter the war and put it to the British. The French would first contribute an estimated 1.3 billion livres to the colonies to help fund the war. This was mainly acquired through a credit line that France was going to soon regret, actually, after the American Revolution ended. France's national debt was a modern equivalent of around $800 million. Not only this, but the nation suffered several droughts and harsh winters that affected how crops were produced. During this whole time in France, the wealthy landowners of the king himself lived lavishly while the people suffered. Inspired by the revolution that took place in America, a movement started to try and force King Louis of France into reform. The French were used to having a king and the prestige of royalty, so they did want to try to keep the king and provide a better life for people, not really eliminate the monarch altogether. But that would soon change. So we see that the American Revolution, while not completely under the authority of God in the sense that, you know, they're just throwing out Bible verses left and right for every action that they did, like, for instance, the Boston Tea Party. But we did see men of character that did at least stand up for Christian values, even though not all the founding fathers were even saved. But they understood full well how important the basis of Christian morality was for a nation. Now, that is very important. The opposite is going to take place with the French Revolution. And I just want to hit just a few points on this. King Louis would not take the people's demands very seriously. And after a fiery and violent writings of Jean-Paul Marat in his Friends of the People newspaper, the entire movement quickly turned into extreme violence. This violence would be etched into history because of the indiscriminate use of the guillotine. This is where you hear the famous use of the guillotine, chopping off heads left and right. There was one historical writer that said, quote, Under this system, at least 40,000 people were killed, as many as 300,000 Frenchmen and women, basically 1 in 50 Frenchmen and women, were arrested during the 10-month period between September 1793 and July 1794. Now think about this, just on a side note. 1793, this is right after the American Revolution ended and we're already our own nation. France now falls into its own revolution. Going back to the quote, he says, included in these numbers were, of course, the deaths of Louis the 16th and Marie Antoinette. Although all social classes and professions were targeted, the death toll was especially high for both clergy and aristocrats. 
the number of those killed and taken into custody were probably even higher as a documented numbers because they don't include people that were killed by vigilantes or some self-proclaimed representatives of the Republic. End quote. The indiscriminate killing was a major difference between the American Revolution and the French Revolution. This is very important. One had Christian morality as a basis, and the other would refuse such a foundation, even though Christianity, so-called, had been an influence in France for thousands of years. Now, what's important in our study is not only the difference of violence between the revolutions, but the religious influence. France was heavily Catholic, and the people actually resented the lavish living of many of the priests uh, because they were enjoying it right alongside the nobles. One historian, Andy Boyd, writes, quote, At the time of the French Revolution, the Roman Catholic Church was a powerful presence in France whose wealth made it a target for the revolutionaries. So, too, did church dogma. Stemming from divine revelation rather than reason, it ran counter to Enlightenment thinking. Anti-church sentiment resulted in the passage of legislation that subjugated the clergy, requiring them to swear allegiance to the French Constitution. End quote. In France, the Catholic Church was seen as a part of the regressive power of the regressive power structure, and it was. The Catholic Church, especially at this time, was very debauched. It's no different as today. In America, where Protestantism drove much of the people's worship, religion, and revolution, they were generally united under one cause. This is a big difference. There were Enlightenment values instituted within the American Revolution, but there was a fine balance because the Founding Fathers knew you needed a solid moral framework for such a nation. You have to understand, contrary to well-known-to-do Christian speakers, the idea of individual liberty was really pushed by Enlightenment thinkers, not by Christians, by God-hating atheists, in fact. Now, don't get me wrong. The idea of Christian liberty was very important, but it's under the context that God gives, which is the moral boundaries that God lays for liberty and those types of things. Not the kind of liberty that the Enlightenment thinkers were pushing, for sure. The French Revolution worked to get rid of Christianity altogether and wanted to instead prop up the cult of reason. Dennis Diedrich, who was a writer and philosopher whose work contributed to the ideas of the French Revolution, the rally of the French revolutionaries was in his words, quote, Man will never be free until the last king is strangled with the entrails of the last priest, end quote. Now that is wicked. An important factor to note is that the American Revolution led to individual freedom and a government with a chance to succeed upon the concept of Christian liberty. The French Revolution sought to eliminate the influence of Christianity in this moral framework. Not only did the reign of terror in France of the French Revolution led to mass killings, it also led straight into another dictatorship in Napoleon Bonaparte, who would then declare himself the French Emperor. Now, you got to remember that point. These people work so hard, ungodly, obviously, in the most ungodly ways, 
to get rid of uh, God and the monarchy and authority and the people and reason and the republic. And yeah, they went from the frying pan right into the fire with Napoleon Bonaparte and they fell right into it. And you got that whole story. Napoleon is pretty fascinating, but that's for another time. They went from one sort of tyranny right into another because, hey, this is going to happen. History just happens over and over again, this big loop. Now, this brings us to our current situation here in America, where once again, there are talks of revolution. Even among my fellow Baptist brethren, I hear such as if they think it's going to be a glorious event to happen again. Oh, the government's going to come get my guns. I'll have to pry it from my cold, dead fingers. Well, I do believe that those convictions are going to be tested quite soon. We have to ask the question, if we're in any kind of state, the nation is in any state to even advocate for a revolution, to even handle a revolution without great consequences. Now, this part of the podcast may be a little hard on our consciences, but it's the honest truth. As of right now, there has never been in the history of this country such a lack of confidence in the American uh, voting system than after the 2020 election. As a result of that, we have to understand that the military right now is being sifted through for political loyalties. The military was supposed to be a, like, not you know, swearing allegiance to a particular military party is supposed to be to the country and the, those type of ideas, but not anymore. The leftists want to claim that, well, we have to defend the Constitution against extremism, those domestic extremists. That's a bold-faced lie. Anyone that chooses to be, let's just say, associated with President Trump or Republican or a Christian... You're marked as an extremist. Right now, the target is just on anybody associated with President Trump or specific Republicans. But we know the real deal. What does it even mean to be a conservative? It used to be that you held to conservative values. What values? Christian values. So they're coming for us next. According to former CIA Director John Brennan, America's intelligence services are already sorting through people and spying on them in the name of domestic extremism. I believe it. Absolutely, 100%. On top of that, the America's top brass has been caught selling out to our enemies, especially China. The once revered General Mad Dog Mattis sold out his nation, you know, attacking President Trump, the America First policies, and the, and the like. Meanwhile, He's cutting up with the Cohen group with China, has lots of financial ties to China. No, So now we kind of know why he was so pro-China. This once hero of the Marine Corps is fallen in disgrace as he bowed his knee to the globalist idea. The American military industrial complex has sent young men to their deaths in the Middle East while enriching the elite's pockets off of pipelines, oil, government contracts, all stacked upon American bodies. I know, that hurts our conscience to hear it, but it's true. If revolution breaks out, and with the military being used and sifted through the way that it is, do you really think that anyone in the military is going to help us? Do you really think you're going to receive any help 
from the United States military. No, they'll be a part of the persecution. The ideals of the French Revolution have finally caught up to American thought. How many Americans today, now think about this, and you got to be honest, you got to be honest with this. How many Americans today have the moral character of the founding fathers who served in the revolution? Think about this. If a revolution were to break out, it would not be glorious. Instead, there would be mass killing. All of the tension that's been building up over the years will finally come to a head. And without a substantive Christian moral framework, needless mass death would occur. It doesn't take much to see these examples in history. Like I said, history repeats itself. You may say, well, doesn't the U.S. have a large Christian majority? <laughs> well, if there was such an actual large Christian strong majority, then we wouldn't be having the evils of society today, not only in government, but even in the social life from pornography industry to abortion and uh, sure, we've gonna have we've got some slight victories right now with Roe versus Wade, but that's pending still. Christian is a word that's thrown around, but it doesn't mean much anymore for most Americans. I would argue that most of America has adopted humanistic Enlightenment values that serves themselves rather than a greater cause. That is absolutely fact. Let's be deadly honest. Americans have become too soft as well because of the comforts of capitalism and what it's afforded them. Most men in this nation could not endure the hardships of war, let alone a revolution. Now think about it for a moment. Imagine if war actually did break out. The supply chain would be interrupted. The supply of food and goods would come to a grinding halt. How long do you think the average American could go without food being in the grocery store? In fact, at the slightest hint of sh uh, shortage, chaos ensues. Remember what happened in 2020 with the toilet paper debacle? People running around the stores everywhere being violent and just trying to buy toilet paper. I mean, forget, forget the food. We got to have TP instead, right? <laughs> How about the freeze that took place in Texas and the supply chain was broken there for a time? Empty shelves that led to panic? There have been decades of the Christian moral framework being removed and all it takes is the right opportunity for anarchy to ensue. Do you really think that America as a whole could endure being hungry and suffering like the revolutionaries did? The sinful human nature of man would take over and anything would go. It would be like the wild, wild west. In all reality, without proper leadership, this revolution would just fizzle out anyways and would just serve to give the government the excuse it's been looking for all this time to take away the rest of our rights, to finally put the nail in the coffin of the First and Second Amendments, that's for sure, tear up the Constitution and just submit America finally to the globalist agenda. The American Revolution involved all economic and social classes, but today, there's never been such a rift between economic and social classes. Some might hear this and say, well, I would, I would fight back. Great. Great. Have you really thought that out? What are you going to do for food? 
When's the last time you went hunting for food? Every day. Not hunting for fun. But every day. 300 million people in this nation. Sorry. There ain't that many, that much livestock and uh, wildlife going on in this nation to feed 300 million people. You're going to have to, it'll be, it'll be crazy. What about communication devices? Not only that, that network would just be shut down, but all devices that you would even have a connection, whether it's through the internet or whatever, would be tracked by the government. You would instantly give away your location to where you're at. What about ammunition? Hope you can make your own ammo for those guns too because supply chain is interrupted. Well, no ammo. It's definitely not impossible to do those things, but you know, most Americans could not endure it. Let's run through an, a thought experiment and just say that a massive group of conservative constitutionalists did get together, overthrew our current government, and wanted to install the right kind of government. What would that look like? Would it be a constitutional republic again? In fact, what would you do with all the people who were left, basically, let's just say on the left, that you didn't kill or whatever else in the, in the war, the battle, and they just will not comply? Of course, if you let them go, they'll just corrupt your new system as they did previously. What are you going to do with them? How far are you willing to go in order to fix the nation? What would you do with the corrupt politicians and public leaders? If you let all these people go, they're just going to come back with a vengeance. Are you going to drive them out of the land? Are you going to execute them? What would you honestly do? Think about this. <laughs> Not to mention, it, the moment that an American revolution would break out again, can you imagine it would be the right opportunity for like China or the UN to be like, oh, we're going to come in and bring peacekeeping forces, military forces. Oh, I can already see that the global elites are just salivating at the fall of America like that. I mean, let's just say that you're able to handle that. However, you were able to solve it. You're still left with the moral problem. Are we as a nation willing to go back to God's almighty version of morality? If not, then the cycle is just going to repeat itself. Liberty means nothing without a moral framework to guide it. Do we as a nation have the moral fortitude to do what is needed? Someone can say, well, we'll just go with what the founding fathers intended with liberty. Question. Would any of the founding fathers tolerated homosexuality or transvestites remember <laughs> the argument of them just wanting to be left alone and compared to what's happening now where they're forcing it down everybody's throat do you really think the founding fathers would have put up with that you gotta think about these things what are you gonna do with them i can think of a few things we've already crossed so many moral lines that should have never been crossed in this nation. And are we willing to pay the price to go back? Speaking of moral depravity, what about the pornography industry? Are you willing to abolish it? How about abortion going all the way, the entire nation? See, I don't think many in, this, in America actually have 
the intestinal fortitude to do what is actually needed to get this nation right with God. I don't believe it. Not anymore. Those are only just a few of the moral dilemmas posed if a revolution were to take place. And there are still so many more questions. I doubt this revolution would be so glorious as people think. There may be some that might have been cringing as I was saying some of these. But the topics aren't discussed and we really have to think about the implications and think about what we're actually asking for. War is hell. War is not pretty and those who advocate for it generally have never been to war. Personally, I just don't think that any of the current conservative leadership even would want to even lead or go that far or do what is right because they're sold out in so many different ways to corporations or nations like China or whatever else. Many on the political right claim Christianity, but they walk hand in hand with the political left behind the scenes. As I said before, the word Christian doesn't really mean as it should. Let's do another thought experiment and say that such a revolution was successful in whatever that would look like. Given the immense power of modern America, do we have a man or group of men that would have the character of a George Washington, for instance? What do I mean? Think about it. Men who would lay down power willingly, like George Washington, even though after such immense power and wealth lay at their fingertips look there is no evidence whatsoever that george washington was a saved man some point to him being a deist he could have been a saved man but there's never any public testimony from him so no matter what one thinks about him one thing is definitely sure that man had some character to not only be called to lead a nation out of war, become the first president, but then after that, to lay down power willingly. I mean, we all would like to think that we'd have that kind of character, right? I mean, it's too easy, though, to go the route of Julius Caesar, who became dictator for a while, well, until order was restored, and then would become dictator for life. Some might say, well... What if we just institute the libertarian principle? In theory, that sounds good, but how would you enforce them? What about the moral, the moral framework? Ripping that away for every man to do what is right in his own eyes, like the Book of Judges all over again. But that's how America got corrupted in the very first place. I used to think that the nation was descending towards or pending a revolution, but I don't necessarily think that anymore. I believe that there might be a group who will try to cause a breakout in the future, but they're going to be put down and made examples of. Then the full might of the federal government will bear down in its entirety. We, Most people who have never served in the military or even have done things in the greater expanse of the military don't really understand how powerful the United States federal government is. Absolutely unbelievable. There is so much to say about this, but look, anyone who has knowledge of our intelligence services, the military slash paramilitary capabilities, knows that such a revolution is near impossible in the modern age. 
as a Christian, I know that, hey, look, we've been given a glimpse of the end times and <laughs> globalism is not exactly a new concept. It's, it's going along right as planned as the Bible says. But hey, look, we were warned over 2,000 years ago that this day would come. And now we have to try to find our place in the story. Could we see the fall of America in our day? Possibly. But who knows? How can we make a change and fight back, if not physically? Well, there's lots of ways to do this currently. Writing, doing visual media, speaking out have always been the precursor to change. That and persecution. As of right now, we still have a voice that can cry out loud against the wickedness of this nation. There are businesses and even Christians that I speak of that are taking the fight uh, to the social media corporations for the battle of free speech. I mean, have you contributed to their cause? I mean, we can all say, oh, yeah, good job taking on YouTube or taking on these other platforms or, you know, free speech. Well, going to court costs money. We got to put our money where our mouths are at. Have you donated to these causes yet? I mean, we can't just complain, but we have to actually make movements towards change. There are ways that we can get involved, even though we may not be the one that's personally doing all the actions. Now, I don't know how much hope we have left in our current stage of politics. It isn't looking very good. And it may be true that America is too far gone for that type of political change. I don't know. But hey... <laughs> Maybe we can still beat those Dominion voting machines, right? With the mass influx of voters. <laughs> no, that's going to be manipulated anyways. Let's not kid ourselves. There may come a time for violence. But I would argue in defense of the flood of tyranny that will come. There have been men and women of God in the past that have chosen to stand against evil, defend their families, and God delivered them. But if you want a revolution... I'm not so confident that's going to go the way that people think it's going to go. But that's not the only option. We still have a voice and we still need to cry out aloud. We need to get active and help fight these battles for liberty. Most importantly, get yourselves, most importantly, get your lives straight. Be walking with God. Get straight financially. Get off the government's uh, reliance as much as possible. Uh, have some money and assets set away, you know? Because <laughs> when that sort of persecution does come, you want to be as independent as possible to get out of town quick. Remember, we were told the end of the story, and Christ returns in victory. But we're going to have to go through some tribulation until then. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray what part God would have us do in this grand story. No matter what happens, he will guide you to your next steps. So get busy now. I want to thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on the podcast media. Please take a look at our website, OurMightyFortress.com, and subscribe for more updates. Stay tuned next time for more great content, and remember to find your refuge and strength in Our Mighty Fortress.